Ladies and gentlemen, start your engines. Hello, and welcome to Redwood Exhaust Notes, Episode 7, produced January 31st, 2018. I'm Chip Witt, Vice President of the Redwood Region of the Porsche Club of America. I managed to save the topic of this episode, one that will be marked as 007 in the title, for something I personally think is very special. Much like the famed secret agent tagged with those numbers, there's a group of people that are very important to the club, not always seen, but always felt. The past presidents. Regretfully, I could not get every past president of the club in a room together for a conversation all at once, but I was able to leverage the January 30th board meeting to wrangle three of them in front of the microphone to provide their perspectives on the past president's role and what it's meant and continues to mean for the Redwood region. We conducted our conversation at Mary's Pizza Shack in Novato, so you may have to excuse some minor background noise on the recording. You guys are both past presidents, and so that's why I brought you here. So what I'd like you to do is just sort of introduce yourselves and give the years of tenure that you were president and then past president, if you don't mind. Jesus, do I even remember? I don't know. Bert gets to go first. Well, you were president for three years, right? I was president for three years. Um, so let's, let's do the math real quick. Uh, 2011, 12, no, 12, 13, and 14? Yes. Yeah, 12, okay. 13, and 14, I think is right. 12, 13, and 14, okay. Um, and what was the question about that? Well, it's just, uh, just you know, who you are and when were you president, when were you past president? Okay. there we are. Vern Rogers, uh, 11, 12, and 13, is that what or you no, said? No, 12, 13, and 14, I 12, think. 13, and 14. Three years, uh, three years as president. Uh, worked out that way as, as I, uh, my first VP had had to uh, move on for job-related uh, opportunities, and uh, my second VP wanted a couple years in, in that chair. Yeah, he was a wimp, so he, he had that two years. <laughs> oh, wait, that's me. No self-loathing allowed on the podcast. Um, and and I, think, I think that's a really good idea to, to get two years prep or two years to see what it, what it looks like, and I, I, I really believe that a, a job of a president is to train the VP to take over. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, I think I tried to do that. I don't know if I was as, as effective as I could have been, but I think that's really part of the job. Uh, that, that leads into the, well, what's the, and here's Kurt. Okay. <laughs> Very nice. Do we want to? Uh, no, keep no, going. No, keep going. Keep going. Okay. Um, I was going to say that that leads into kind of what the past president, at least the most recent past president, is about. You know, uh, the president steps aside, the VP steps up, and um, the pat the most recent past president then gets the job of mentoring the guy who just became president. And so, you know, you've got kind of that mentor relationship for. The time you're president, and for the time that you're past president. In my case, that was five years. Uh, my my biggest struggle uh, after sitting in the past president chair, getting into the past president chair, was keeping my mouth shut. <laughs> let's let's get back to that in just a second. Let's actually get through the introductions first. So, okay, I'm I'm Mike Hinton, and I'm the uh, most recent past president. Uh, and as I mentioned before. Uh, Vern got to serve three years as president because I just didn't feel ready after one year of being vice president to take over 
And uh, to be brutally honest, after two years of being vice president, I still wasn't ready to take over. <laughs> it was uh, I, I, I still remember the, the night before my first first board meeting as president that I did not sleep at all. I was so stressed out about it, and I said, "This is going to be an abject disaster," because. I'd watched Vern for three years as president, and frankly, he did an amazing job and just, just seemed like a total natural for it. And I'm sitting here thinking, oh gosh, this is going to be horrible. Well, it turned out that it wasn't. But uh, I, I would agree with Vern that the, the real job of a past president is, well, it's not only just to mentor the, the person in, in, who's currently in the office, but also to kind of act as a sounding board for ideas, too, because you know, being a past president, you've sat in the in the you know the the number one executive chair, and you kind of get an idea of what kind of decisions you have to be making, and everything like that. And I think the one thing that Vern emphasized to me, and I try to emphasize to Craig, who's our current president, is that you know the real job of the president is just to make sure that whatever decisions he makes, it's in the best interest of the club. You as an individual don't matter at all. You just happen to be the guy filling the seat right now. Mm -hmm. Your your job is to do what's best for the club and its members. Mm -hmm. So that's what I have to say for that right now. Cool. So who are you? When were you president? When were you officially past president? Uh, although you're currently always past president, I guess. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah. Has been. Yes. <laughs> uh, I was president. Uh, I'm Kurt Fisher, by the way. Uh, I was president 2007 to 2009 after three years as vice president, 2004, 2006. Um, and I just, my main thing here on my little cheat sheet was being a mentor to the current president. And that's where the past president really comes into uh to shine, to tell the new president the ropes, introduce them to the right people, uh, etc. So you guys all kind of covered uh, that first question of the, the role of past president, um, officially and unofficially. I, I guess the, the thing that is kind of interesting to me, I've been involved in a lot of organizations that have, you know, the president, vice president, secretary, treasurer, etc. kind of board seats. That's traditional. This is the first organization I've been part of that has an official role, it's in the charter, of past president. How did that come about? What, where did that come from? <laughs> Stunned wow. looks from all. Yeah, I have not a clue that was, all. we always have had a past president. Yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a very interesting from concept, and I would agree with Chip. I, I've never been in any, any sort of organization where a past president acts in any sort of official capacity. As, as people may or may not know, the bylaws of the club provide that the immediate past president, who's currently me, is actually a member of the executive committee and still has a vote. That seems kind so, of strange, uh, but but uh, but I think it's a good thing because, you know, having only four other executive committee members, we then theoretically can't have ties. Mm -hmm. And I just think that having someone, you know, the the past president has experience that other people don't have and can hopefully provide some sort of nuance to some of the decisions that have to be made. So yeah, I, I would agree though that it's a very unusual situation to have that person being in an official capacity. Okay. There are some other organizations that do something somewhat similar. The the Elks, uh, once you get to the, to the top of their executive branch, so to speak, within a lodge, 
you become a past exalted ruler. And all of those guys... That's a title, man. That's a title, whatever. It's, it's essentially the, pre the president of the lodge. And um, all the guys that have been the top guy meet together. And they continue as a committee in the lodge. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And they advise about a lot of things. It, ma it makes sense. I think it's a, it's a great role. And, and I think, you know, you, you guys have all served as presidents. You've served as past president in that official role. I'm curious, kind of looking back, you know, personally at your tenure as president and then your tenure following that, mentoring the next president, which did you find most personally satisfying as far as what, what you got out of it? Did, did, did you enjoy one role over the other? Or did both serve you differently and you just got... I certainly, I, I enjoyed being president. Mm -hmm. I had a good That time. showed, by the way. I would like to say that out loud, and there's a lot I of head nodding. I completely in agree. <laughs> completely yeah, agree. Yeah, always, always a fun time. I, uh, um, I found it to be a big learning experience for me personally to have the things that would come up with the personality conflicts and other things within the club uh, to to begin to get how to actually deal with those in positive ways that, uh, you know, had a good outcome for the club. As, as Mike had referenced, that's a, that's a really big role for president. You know, you, you got to put your own stuff in the back pocket and look at it to say, well, how can I deal with this situation that's going to come out positive for the club? Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm real pleased that I, I think I was able to do that a lot. We had several situations that came up that uh, had a good end, mm -hmm. not necessarily a good beginning. Well, I would say that um, I'm enjoying being past president more than being president. Uh, and I think the reason for that is, as Vern alludes to, that there are a lot of, you know, it is a great learning experience, and I, I, will, I will second the, the notion that being the president of this organization is a great learning experience. What I discovered is that when I became president of this organization, I didn't know diddly squat about how to deal with these personality conflicts and these, you know, these inevitable clashes that occur, and I felt woefully unequipped to do that. Fortunately, I had my man Vern here to help bail me out, and had I not had his counsel, uh, it, it would have been a disaster. Mm -hmm. So. So although 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 Vern says he he enjoyed being past or being president the most, I think he was even more effective as a past president to help me achieve what we were able to achieve in my two years as president. So thank you, sir. Very much. You're very welcome. I, I, another thing that I wanted to uh, not leave unsaid was that uh, mentorship I got from Kurt really pointed me in a very good direction for the office and for the club in that uh, I was pushed into practicing working the room. Uh, as president, you are the face of the club and you are the person that people are going to really remember if you are welcoming and inclusive and friendly and you know their names and you ask them what's up with their cars and, and how much they're enjoying being with the club and things like that. Thank you, Kurt. That was a and very as, good thing. Um, I'll continue on that thought. 
uh, I got Mike involved. Talk, uh, we <laughs> we identify volunteers in quotes. <laughs> Chip, you would like to volunteer for this, wouldn't you? So <laughs> that's exactly how it goes. Trust me. <laughs> and and the same thing with Vern. I got him involved. This you know, uh, finding out his interests, talking to him at events, working them. Mm -hmm to step up and do something, because this is a volunteer organization. Absolutely. Vern, you actually started to answer uh, this question, is what was or has been the greatest challenge transition, transitioning from being president to being past president? And you started to, to talk a little bit about uh, uh, the challenge there. Can you continue that thought? Sure can. Um, when. As, as Mike alluded to about his first board meeting, my first board meeting as president and my first year as president, I had a lot of anxiety around running meetings and how to get in the flow of it. And by the time my third year was up, I was really in the flow of it and it was very natural. And I, I think I I should probably apologize to Mike a bit because my first year as past president, I kind of couldn't keep my mouth shut and stay out of having to say something about anything during a meeting or everything during a meeting. <laughs> I can, can I interject? Sure. I didn't mind it at all. I could tell. Yeah. No, really, because only be, only because he had a, had way more experience yeah. in, with the club than I did, and his counsel was always sound. Mm -hmm. So I, I I'm. I'm kind of that way. I mean, if, if I'm in charge, quote unquote, I, I'd love for other people that are working with me to bring me good ideas and you can have all the credits you want. I don't want to take credit for anything. Just again, you know, whatever's best for the club. Well, and, I mean, Vern, and Vern's experience, you know, helped guide us in the direction we needed to go. If, if, if you're a new climber of a particular mountain, even if you're an expert climber, having somebody that's climbed it before at expert level is always nice to have on, on board. Absolutely. So, and, so and having them be quiet and watch you make mistakes is just counterproductive. So I would say you actually served the role well, both as president and past president, because you did speak up. Yep, So I agree. Especially in the first year. So the, the image I just got is, you know, you're, you're on track for a DE and your instructor's sitting next to you and you've both got headsets and mics, and yeah. he's driven the track a bunch. Right, exactly. Yep. Our analogy's even better. <laughs> it worked. No, it works, and, and I, I would completely agree with that. Uh, and the fact that he did speak up during my first year as president helped me get focused on getting the meetings to run on time because you know, in a, in a volunteer organization, there's nothing worse than having a board meeting that lasts forever. Mm -hmm. And we used to have them. We don't now. Anything to say on the uh, the subject of uh, the greatest challenge transitioning between the president and past president roles? I mean, you've been a past president for a while now. Yes. Uh, following what they, these two had to say, um, it's just being there to give support to the people, to give them um, Guidance where necessary, etc. Mm -hmm. I'm going to direct this question at you, Kurt. I think primarily, and you guys can chime in if you like. 
but since you were president further back than either one of these guys were, what's what are some of the biggest changes in the club since your tenure as president? Well, I, um, not to blow my own horn, but I was the <laughs> I was the we were the second region in all of PCA to have electronic newsletters, mm -hmm. which National sent us nasty letters saying, you're not supposed to do this. And I told them, well, you pay the $1,500 a month for printing, and we're good. We'll keep a hard copy. The, the visuals, by the way, guys, are the, the only time I've ever wished that I was doing a video podcast, honestly. But. Oh, oh. <laughs> <laughs> now, to, to see our meetings where we did the Reason Bomb Assembly, <laughs> oh, wow. it, was a, it was a joke. One guy had put stamps on. It was so. Um, some of the other things um, that have changed are what you have instituted, Chip. Mm -hmm. The podcast, the going on other social media. And by the way, we were the first, second region to get a Facebook page under my. Uh, and uh, I think most of the regions now do have Facebook yep, pages. They do. Okay, so those those are Wait, some of the Facebook? things. <laughs> <laughs> so those are some of the things that uh, you have brought on the podcast. The and I think Stacy, are we on Instagram? We are on Instagram. Yes. Yeah. See, I don't have a. I need to get on Instagram. Yeah, Facegram and Instabook or something, something like that. Like that yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay, I guess I'll I I start following. I, <laughs> I was going to say one of, the other things, one of the other things I think that, that has happened too since since Kurt's tenure is that the a lot of the procedures of the club have gotten more streamlined. Mm -hmm. For example, uh, board meetings, board reports. Uh, I think, I don't know. If David Bunch, I think. David Bunch was the key to, uh, to getting the board report format in place because I took that over when I was secretary 5,000 years ago, however long that was. Mm -hmm. And, and you know, now this year we've taken it a step further to go whole electronic with Google Docs. And I think that it, it makes the time commitment for the board more manageable. And I think the more we can do that, the better off we're going to be. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Makes sense. So, looking back retrospectively, if you could go back and do it again, would you do anything differently as your tenure as president, Mike? Yeah, I'd be way more effective now because uh, <laughs> knowing, knowing what I know now, um, uh, I, I think that being president of this club helped me a lot just in general to deal with different personalities and different people. Uh, I should mention that I'm self-employed, so the only person I have to deal with every day is me. And I can that can pretty, be tough. I can pretty much do that most <laughs> days. But when you get when you get a whole bunch of whole bunch of different people with different perspectives and different personalities, it's it's sometimes very difficult to manage. And it certainly was for me. Now after two years as president and now a year of past president, I think I'm better equipped to do that. So if I went back in time knowing what I know now, I would certainly be, I think, more effective as a president than I was in my two years. That's good. Kurt, anything you would do differently in your tenure? Not really, no. Everything is, 
Uh, you know, I kind of picked up from David Bunch after being, you know, vice president for three years and with him as president. And we kept our events about the same, the same number of events per year, the same split of events across wine tours, breakfast runs, other, other, other categories. Um, I would not have changed anything. Um, now the one um, back in 2005 we did the escape mm -hmm. which was a huge nine month project of putting that together um, <laughs> that was if I had to go back I would have changed some things back in 2005 mm -hmm. for the escape. How about you Vern? The only thing that, that I think I, I would do differently is when making people feel welcome, welcome, working the room and, and getting to know them and their cars and things like that, I would have been a little more pushy about volunteerism. Mm -hmm. You know, we, it, 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 in my mind, as, as the club has progressed, you know, since before my presidency until after until now, um, it seems even more difficult to get volunteers to do things to actually make this club function and make the events happen. So what, what is the secret sauce there to inspiring others to give their time and talent in a purely volunteer organization? I wish I knew. I think there's some people that are <clears throat> almost predisposed to doing something like that. They're, they're, they're people who are just kind of like helper people, uh, you know, innately. And I think it's, it can be hard to identify those people, but uh, some people have a nose for it. Kurt seems to because he, he sniffed me out pretty pretty quick <laughs> and, and, and uh, cajoled me into, into, uh, into, uh, into running for secretary. And honestly, I think that Vern has a pretty good nose for that too because he's... Uh, He's identified a couple of people who are still active on the board and was able to somehow tap into their interest in assisting and making sure everything everything goes well. But um, yeah, I, if, if, the, if, if we knew what the secret sauce was, we wouldn't have any problems. And, and it could be that there just isn't any. It's a personality thing. You identify, and most of us are not extreme type A personalities, but on the speak for yourself there. B plus. <laughs> B, I'm I'm a kind of a B plus. I'm not a full A. Uh, but yeah. identifying. I thought there were other layers that came after the A, but yeah, 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 yeah I thought I'm they not. rated on a circle. So yes. you know, what do we know? Yeah. Uh, so identifying those people who are type. B to to lower A's without going crazy A. Um, those are the people that you you want to help you. Well, yeah, absolutely true. Those people that will take responsibility to own something. Mm -hmm. Those people that step up. You know, when 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 you step into a crowd of people at an event and you talk about how this organization runs on volunteers and how we really need people to to step up and to give back and to be part of and how that makes everybody else's 
job easier, you get people that do step up, mm -hmm. like you, Chip. Well, I was going to say too, one of the one of the techniques, or, or maybe the secret sauce for this club, is autocross, yeah. because you know most of the people who are active in the club have have been or are active in autocross right now, and the thought just occurred to me is that the reason for that is that when you're running an autocross as an event, there are myriad number of jobs that need to be done mm -hmm. and it's easy to assign someone to this little box right here I, you know we need you to do this and if they do it and do it well believe me it gets noticed and those people get complimented and people then feel like they're part of a team and part of something bigger and I think those who do that and become part of the team if you will those are that's your your pool of candidates for um, Taking taking on more responsibility in the club, and we've seen it time and time again. Yeah, you're you're really right. And something something that autocross has that no other event really has is that everybody has a job. Yes. Everybody works. Yeah. On a, on a brunch run or a winery tour or any of the other driving tour kinds of things that we do. You have the organizer, you have the lead, the sweep, you have the sweep, and then, and then maybe a couple people who write up, you know, a, a newsletter, maybe an article, or a, or, a, or everybody a, else does report. nothing. Everybody, yeah, everybody else is just long. And, for and the at ride. the autocross, people seem to be really accepting of the idea that many hands make light work. I mean, just seeing like the tents come down and the chairs get folded up and things going into the trailer. Yeah, it's, the cones it's kind getting of, picked up. It's an accepted part of the autocross culture that we've kind of created there, I think. And, and actually that, that you know, springs an idea to life of maybe we could include more people in pieces of running the event on the day, hmm. whatever the event may be, you know. Hi, you're the first person that showed up. Here's the sign-up list. Take this around okay. to people. That's right. Here's the you map. Just Take this around. Yes. <laughs> Yeah, uh, that's a that's a great idea. Oh, absolutely. Although, with uh, just sort of thinking out loud here, with the finite number of things to do at the 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 sign up at the tour and all that sort of stuff, is you just train people to not show up early, which would probably be counter <laughs> counterproductive. I don't, I, don't, I don't think we need to train them. They're already well trained in that in that regard. That's why we have the half an hour slot time in between the time we right. put in the books and the. Working the room and kicking tires. Well, that too. Yeah. It's a big job. Hug, hugging the dogs and kissing the babies, kind of thing. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> what? Okay. I always love love kind of asking kind of the, the people that have been effective leaders, and you guys all were, by the way. Um, and in fact, uh, in the, the the short little uh, blurb that you have to write for your office thing, one of the things I actually wrote is that this this organization, probably more so than any other organization I've been part of has a tremendous history of effective leaders. Everybody has been effective in their own way. They've really, the organization has been led according to their strengths, which has been good because it's in, injected new thinking, new process, new ideas, and even surfaced new people in, in, in the board and in the club, which has been great. So I'm curious, just sort of your general thoughts. What are your hopes for the Redwood region in 2018 and beyond as, as leaders? As What would you envision this organization becoming or doing moving forward? Wow. Um, 
It's <laughs> a, a grandiose question. It, it sure is. Yeah. Well, pick, pick a subject. Yeah. I think. Well, I think one of the big strengths of the of the region is we have a great variety of events, mm -hmm. and that's one thing I would like to see continue. Uh, the, you know, the demographics of the club are changing. The demographics of Porsche owners is changing, and so we need to have the flexibility to try and to appeal to all the all you know this whole broad spectrum of folks, and not just crazy old men like me that drive air cooled 911s. You know, we need to we need to have a broader reach than that. Mm -hmm. um, you know, autocross helps helps you know somewhat in that in that way, but not not everyone wants to race around and tear up their tires and do this other stuff. So it's important for us to have the social events too. So that would be the, that would be the main thing that I want to see the club focus on going forward. Uh, and of course, tied into that is identifying the future leaders that are going to be able to push this thing forward uh, uh, and keep these events going. Mm -hmm. I've got to say that uh, you know I think we need to keep expanding our presence in social media of various kinds. Mm -hmm. um, the the podcast is a is a great direction to be taking right now. We have to keep we have to keep looking for what the the new needs and wants are. I mean I I know that the the Sharks game was not massively attended. However, it, it was, was a good event. It was a good event. It it was a reach into a place we hadn't been before. And I think we need to keep looking for things like that to keep it fresh, mm -hmm. as well as keeping our tried and true events that get great attendance. Uh, one thing that we might want to think about for future is to do uh, a Survey Monkey mm -hmm. checklist to send out to everybody. What do you want to do? You know, here's what we're doing now. We do autocross. We do wine tours. We do. Come up with something else and let and put again, put it on their backs to come up and tell us what they would like to do. Uh, I was reading uh, Diablo region mm. has a knitting club for all of the women, and they got thirty or forty women who meet uh, with no men. Do they have to sign waivers? Keep them happy. Yeah. <laughs> to, do, to do knitting, and they meet once a month, and all of these women get together. I'm glad we're not there. <laughs> oh, boy, you're going to get hate mail, buddy. Edit, 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 edit. But that's... I think that's a great idea of, of thinking sort of outside the traditional boxes of things that, that club members might enjoy. Well, and, and, I, and I think that's kind of funny is like while Porsches have brought us together, it's not the only thing that we have in common. And I think, you know, we've all had friendships in the club where we found, oh, wow, you know, you like cigars or you, you know, yeah. you're into computers or you're into tech or whatever. Yeah. It, and, and it kind of, it's, it's a starting place, not necessarily a final destination. And I think that that's, uh, that's something that we might want to capitalize on a little bit more, I, just in my own thoughts. I think so. I would agree. Yeah. Uh, an idea just to float out there, I don't even know if this is technologically possible to do this, but you know, we, we distribute the, um, the newsletter to everybody mm -hmm. through, through email. Is there a way to make it so the newsletter doesn't open until you answer a set of survey questions? Yeah, well, yes, there is a way to do that, but it's, it's considered to be a little bit... Push um, it fine. 
that's too pushy. Yeah, it's 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 a little bit overt in, in the t <laughs> of a tactic in terms of marketing. You know, we should actually pretty discuss that with our communications director. So Stacy would probably have she's got a lot of marketing experience, and she will tell us all the pros and cons of doing something that over the top. But it's something to think about for sure. Um, Just an idea. I know. Yep. It's, it's it's you know, and that that's the thing too that I think that this group. Is really open to. I think the thing that I like best about the board meetings is that it's open to anybody. Yeah. So if you have an idea or something you want to share, you want to complain about something, it's an open forum to do so. So it opens up opportunity for people to have out of box thinking and say, "Hey, I got this idea. Maybe we'll have a crab feed feed in February, and oh, yeah. and then that'll grow into a huge event." You know, and that's sure. it does. Yeah. Yep. I wonder. Well, another another possibility for getting people to answer a survey is. What about offering some sort of a discount on, on the event if you answer the survey? Mm -hmm. Again, yeah, that's you know, all these are good ideas. Yeah, I think the survey monkey come up, you know, give us your ideas and let's see. Well, what we, we've tried that several times, and, and the problem is the amount of people that will actually answer. It. Well, and, and this well, is also yeah. too is you know, being being a product manager, the one thing I I am really used to is people will tell you that they want something, you know, they want more events, they want different events, but when you try to narrow down into the specifics of what is it that you really want, they don't know. They'll know it yeah. when they see it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That's why you're doing your job, is That's the right. answer you sometimes get. And so, well, right, so you have a, a, a big brainstorming session, you come up with a big list, mm -hmm. and you have people, you know, hit check, check boxes. Yeah. Check, exactly. Or rank them, you know, one to five, what, what, what right. were your, you know, which ones you'd like to see most. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I have one last question for all of you, and I'd like you to think about it. It's kind of a loaded question, but I want you to give me your best and possible answer. But it's the last one. Do you have any residual inclination to throw your hats back into the ring to be president again at some point in the future? Why or why not? Want to start, Vern? Um, I will not say never. I like that answer. That's a good answer. <laughs> As as some are some know and some don't, you know, I'm I'm uh, getting pretty involved in another organization, and um, I will be moving up that chain of leadership in that organization for the next four years. After that point, I might have the inclination and or ability to jump back in this ring. Okay. I may be around to hold you to that. Mike, your thoughts? I would actually second that motion. I, I would say never say never either. Um, I think right after I finished my term, my answer would have been no way ever. Mm -hmm. uh, upon reflecting further, I think it would kind of come down to the decision I made to run for treasurer this year too because I also said I would never do that. Um, but stepping back and looking at what's best for the club, mm -hmm. which is, as I said, one of the things you learn being president, that should be your focus. Mm -hmm. I said, well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go ahead and run for treasurer because the club needs me to do that. Mm -hmm. um, if we were ever in a situation where the club really <laughs> needed someone to run for president, we had no one to do it, I would certainly do it then. Just because I like the people in this club and I think it's important for it to continue. Mm -hmm. So I would, I would do that. Yes. That's also a good answer. If we had a president who obstructed 
justice. <laughs> <laughs> wow, we've become corporal all of a sudden. Where tonight. would we find one of those? <laughs> if we had a president who did, uh, I might consider. Mm -hmm. But it would have to be some. Uh, if, I don't think they'd ever get that far in the vetting process to be the president that we'd have to. What? Take that back. We no, I was going to say never say no, never, never say, say never, never because, because we had a president who yeah. shall be nameless. We had a situation like that who we th had to throw out. So yeah, so you're a never say never guy too. Oh yeah, yeah. Oh, all, all great answers. I, I, like I said, I, I may be in a position at some point to hold all of you to that particular set of statements. So, I hope, I hope not. I hope we can use your wise counsel. And, uh, but, but I want to thank you guys all for participating, uh, entertaining my little uh, podcast demon here. Um, it's been a great pleasure talking to all of you. Thank, thank you. you, Jeff. Thanks, thank Jeff. What a great group of guys. I'm sure most of you have rubbed elbows with at least a couple of them on more than one occasion, but I encourage you to get to know each of them a little bit better. Little known facts. Our beloved Kurt Fisher is not just beloved by us in the Redwood region. He's also the organizer of the Marin Cars and Coffee that happens, rain or shine, every first Sunday of the month throughout the year in Novato. The ultimate networker, watching him work the room in an area as large as the Vendage Oaks parking lot, is truly a sight to behold and that patented white head of hair and mustache make him difficult to miss in a crowd. Mike Hinton is a legend of another sort. Few are able to match him in Porsche trivia at Parade, or anywhere really. He's got a mind like a steel trap. I spent an afternoon with him at Works Reunion last year, and he correctly called out every color on the Porsche palette we saw, from a distance, only to be validated by Craig and I reading the display placards. Sometimes true love of the mark shows itself in the details, and Mike's full of details, and he's a hoot to get to know. Last but not least, Vern Rogers. Taken from his two successors as president of the region, Vern is a very hard act to follow. His counsel is still sought by the board on important issues, and his time is still freely given in support of the club. Infinitely approachable, genuinely likable, and due to his affinity for vintage clothing, a darn snappy dresser when the occasion calls for it. Also on his Instagram profile, at Rogers Vern, you'll find some wildly colorful pictures of flora and landscape that are pretty amazing, if that's your thing. Important to again note, Kurt, Mike, and Vern are just three of the region's past presidents that remain active in club activities. There are others several others. A list that's long enough that I'm sure if I began to spout the ones that quickly come to the tongue off the top of my head, I'd be sure to miss and possibly offend at least one. But I hope to weave their voices into our continuing conversations down the road. I welcome you to reach out to me if there's someone in the club you think I should interview to gain unique perspective on our club, the Porsche Mark, or car cart culture in general. I want to hear from you, even if it's you that has something you want to share. I assume most everyone listening to this podcast also has a smartphone capable of recording audio notes. Record your thoughts, send them my way, and I'll try to work them into an upcoming episode. My email is in the show notes. One of the things I've been thinking a lot about coming down off the high of watching the 24 Hours at Daytona is also something that might be interesting to talk out with other car enthusiasts. What is the future of motorsport? Given the rapid acceleration toward adoption of autonomous cars, some talk of an inevitable future where the need, even desire, to drive will be significantly reduced or removed entirely, 
either out of personal convenience or through safety legislation. It's also true that motorsports has long been the sandbox for developing new technologies that have been ultimately delivered to improve the safety and capability of drivers on the public streets. The obvious impacts of autonomous vehicles to the automotive industry and ancillary ecosystems, especially when compounded with the march towards lower-maintenance electric vehicles, will likely change the complexion of what it means to be a car enthusiast and will almost certainly negatively impact, if not eliminate, many of the things that make motorsport relevant. What do you think? Shoot me a line via email or send me an audio note. If you've not yet registered for the tech session at TRG in Petaluma, you're running out of time. Registration's going to close on Thursday, February 1st. This event is taking place this Saturday, February 3rd. There's no driving tour for the event. We'll just all meet at the TRG shop at 11.30 a.m. for catered refreshments with wine pairings to be followed by a tech session on maintenance, repair, and upgrade tips. Some of our members will even get their cars up on the racks for discussion with the TRG experts. TRG specializes in all models of water-cooled Porsches and are best known in our circles for having successfully raced a stable of 911s. The cost for the event is $32 per person, which includes the food and wine. If you need other accommodations for food or whatever, (laughs) don't be shy. I'm sure we can figure something out to make this an enjoyable event for everyone. The registration link is also on the Redwood Region website at red.pca.org if you want to go ahead and get registered. The run for the Crab at Marin Yacht Club is on February 24th. Sign-ups for this event are beginning to ramp up, and we've now opened up registration for other local regions. It will fill up quickly, so if you've not yet registered, get with it. We'll meet at the Marin Yacht Club around 9 a.m. the day of the event. Coffee and muffins are going to be available in the morning for sale. And it's now looking like we'll have at least two run groups departing for a driving tour of the back roads of Marin at around 9.30. We'll return to the Yacht Club around 11.30 and we'll enjoy a crab lunch from 12 to 3. All you can eat fresh, local Dungeness crab. We have a green salad, sourdough French bread, condiments, and fresh melon for dessert. All inclusive for $45, tax and gratuity included. There's a corkage fee of $10, so bring your own favorite bottles to complement the meal. Registration closes on February 19th. Sharon Castle is also looking for volunteers to help on the day of the event. It's my understanding that she has some special uh, giveaways for those folks. I won't, I won't give too much away, but if you're interested, you should definitely let her know. Sharon's email is available on the registration page at Motorsport Reg, and the link to the registration page can be found on the Redwood Region website at red.pca.org. Thanks again to Kurt, Vern, and Mike for lending us their voices today, and thank you for listening. Until next time, drive like you mean it. Hey, I really am glad you found this episode, but if you aren't already subscribed to the podcast via your favorite podcast player, I encourage you to do so to avoid missing any moving forward. You can find earlier episodes online at redwoodpca.podbean.com. You can also subscribe to the episode feed or download and install the Podbean podcast player app for iOS or Android from that same page. 
We can also be found from most players by searching for us by name or with a new uh, Guzon or Amigal smart speaker by simply saying, Amigal, play Redwood Exhaust Notes. Device invocation names change to protect the innocent. If you've already done all of that, you can still help out tremendously. Share your delight with a friend. <laughs> 